What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. The Phillies are up 2-0. It was an absolute ass-kicking yesterday in Citizens Bank Park. And no, it just wasn't after the final out. We have Bob Wankel on here, 12 p.m. right away. And then, 12.30, we have Gary, the security guard, who absolutely flattened that Phillies fan last night. We'll talk all about him. We'll get his dimensions. We'll see if he's for hire. We'll do all that. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid. Let's bring on Bob Wankel. Bobby, we appreciate you you, you joining us. Um, I know the Phillies have to be like, this is a really good team. You know, they're, they're a strong team over there. Good guys. This series is over, right? This series is over. Yeah, probably. Um, you know how we do this thing here where like it's uh, Big J Bob right no, now? You know, you know how uh, it's like halftime of the Super Bowl and you're up 10 points and you're like, I think we're going to win, but probably maybe like I've, I've been in that situation before, you know, and, and like, I feel like that's kind of what we do here where even when things are going well, we're always like waiting for something to go wrong, waiting for things to turn. And like, sure, like having a 2-0 series lead in the best of seven is not like an absolute period end of sentence game over type deal but it sure feels like it with these two teams right now the Phillies are on an absolute roll they're on a war path and the Diamondbacks are just in the way right now I mean you wrote it in the in the one of my well the best Phillies newsletter I subscribe to Red October don't stand on the tracks when the train is coming through that's right and I think that is the perfect encapsulation of this series and then the one thing I like I know people were kind of worried about it like well you know the Diamondbacks are kind of hot well the Diamondbacks are kind of underdogs well the Diamondbacks kind of feel like the Phillies and everything but I still thought the Phillies thought of themselves as underdogs in an odd way they were second World Series favorites and you know obviously just played the Braves the best team in baseball and everything I never really got that sense that they were overlooking those guys even if you know Garrett Stubbs was in the locker room saying hey whoever the fuck we play next <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the reality of it is is that the Diamondbacks got super hot the first two rounds of the postseason. Uh, they won four of their first five games on the road. Like, it's a great job. They deserve to be here based on what they've done so far in the playoffs. But if you go back and look at what they were this season, they got off to a really good start. And really, right around, like, mid-June, end of June, they started to struggle. You look at where they're at offensively, they're bottom half of the league in slugging percentage, OPS. Like, it's not a dangerous lineup. They hit a ton of home runs the first five games of the postseason. And now they're just running into a team that's deeper and better. Like if the Diamondbacks throw their best punch and the Phillies throw their best punch, they're not going to stay on the field with them. And, you know, it's it's not to get overconfident. It's not to say, like, it's absolutely over. You know, Phillies, it could get weird, right? Like if they go out in game three and, and the Diamondbacks bounce back, now you got probably Taiwan Walker on the mound in game four against an Arizona bullpen. Like it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to win this thing in five, but they're in a hell of a position to do it. Yeah. What's the NOLA contract looking like this uh, this summer? Is he making more than Shohei? Yeah, I mean, listen, like, it's crazy. You look at the free agent market, there are not a lot of options. And you can forget about the 4-4-6 ERA and all the home runs and 32 start. Like, forget it. Look at these numbers. I mean, you're talking almost 19 innings pitched, two earned runs. He has 18 strikeouts to two walks, a .96 ERA. This is what teams look for. The durability, season after season, you may not love them, but – the statistics are pretty good. And then when you get a guy that's pitching like a stone cold killer in the playoffs, dude's going to get paid. You mentioned durability there. That's really impressive because you, you, you see, we go to the world series last year. And I think I saw during the season, like, Oh my God, are these guys arms, are they going to be okay? You know, for another October run and our top two starters, including Ranger Suarez, they look awesome. They look like they haven't lost a step. Are you surprised by that? 
Um, no, not really. To be honest with you, and the reason why is because the Phillies have just been really cautious with how they've used their pitching staff all season long, right? Like they've really been careful about limiting innings. They're aware of this. They knew that they made a deep run last year. They knew they were trying to make a deep run again this year. And so when we all sit there and bitch and complain in the middle of May or the third week of June, and we're like, I can't believe they're not, they're not going to Nola or Wheeler for another inning. Why is Rob Thompson taking them out? Why don't they want to win this series? Like this is, this is why this stuff adds up over time. And when it comes to Ranger Suarez, especially like, he was inconsistent, hadn't thrown a ton of innings. Like they were very, very conservative with bringing him back and ramping him up. And, you know, he's obviously delivered for them, too. Are you saying that Phillies fans are Neanderthals that don't understand the analytics? Kev, is he calling us Phillies fans, the guy who runs the best uh, Phillies newsletter, calling us Phillies fans, the guys who blood, sweat, and tears, the guys who pay these guys' salary? No, but I can I can feel I can I can sense Anthony Sanfilippo's head just getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> with every good Aaron Nola start, you know, because he was riding the roller coaster a little bit, man. I mean, he was uh, Nola's biggest backer, and then it got a little hairy there. Got a little hairy for uh, Anthony San Fran- San Francisco, but uh, I'm, I'm we were ha- actually we were talking about this earlier. I mean, Anthony said like. I've always supported him. I've always told people that he's better than you yeah. think he is. If you yeah. go anywhere else, they would acknowledge he's a, a frontline starting pitcher. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, go back. You can look at my tweets. You can look at some of the stories I've I've put out there. Like I've questioned what what he is. Is he is he a number one guy? Is he a number three? Like we've had that conversation in the city for five years now about <laughs> what his worth truly is. But you can't argue with what he's done. Like I think not only is it you look at the numbers and his performance in October, but the fact that he had the season that he had and struggled the way that he did, he could have easily let this roll right into the playoffs and let it continue. And we would have just said, well, I guess it's one of those years. Like he could have dismissed it that way. He's shown a ton of toughness. He's shown, he's like straight up shown balls this month, pitching the way that he has after the season that he had. Well, that was always why my, my take from, you know, three years ago or whatever was that Aaron Nola was, was Claude Giroux, which is somewhat esoteric. I guess I don't know how much crossover there is between Phillies fans and Flyers fans, but but my, my point of saying that was that he was sort of straddling the ACE and whatever is right below ACE line. You know, if you were talking about guys like, I don't know, pick a pitcher from a couple years ago, Kershaw and Verlander and whatever, if they were ACEs tier one, it's not that Aaron Nola was tier two. He was it was like a one A and like a one B, right? Yeah. That's always how I felt about Giroux because nobody was sitting here saying that Claude Giroux wasn't good. Like the question was whether he's a superstar or not, right? So in the same way that nobody was gonna conv- confuse the Nola of three years ago as being a tier one ace, nobody was gonna confuse Claude Giroux as being like Connor McDavid. You know what I'm saying? But the Nola that we're seeing now. No, no questions about it. It's funny because I was watching that game last night and you're just like, two strikes, here comes the curveball. You know, there's absolutely fucking nothing they could do to stop it. It's and funny because you mentioned at the beginning, man, it's the Diamondbacks swept two division winners, right? They swept a 92 win team and they swept a 100 win team and they made them look kind of stupid in the process. And now the Phillies are making the Diamondbacks look stupid. You know, to me, it's not even that the Phillies are winning, they're just making Arizona look 
like like chumps out there. The Jimmy Eat World drummer is beside himself. You know, he's wrapped <laughs> up into a pretzel trying to figure it out. You know. Yeah, Bob. Going off Kevin's point about like how they're just making people look like chumps, I think it's so cool to see like people, even like the national media or just fans on Twitter, being like, "Man, I really hate Philadelphia, but these guys just feel like dudes, and I actually want the Phillies to win." Like I can't remember the last time, maybe Super Bowl Fifty Two, that like somebody wanted a Philly team to win it all and didn't care that their fans were just absolute mongrels on, on, on social media. Yeah. If like you care about baseball at all, or want the world series to be even remotely compelling, there's no way that you don't want to see the Phillies in this. I mean, the Phillies have so many different high profile players, fun storylines. You can hate the fans. You can love the fans. They're a factor. They're interesting from a national perspective. You see like Pat McAfee was talking about the Phillies, talking about Citizens Bank Park yesterday on (laughs) his show. I mean, he's like the hottest commodity in sports media right now. And this is a story. This is a real thing. And so you have this super interesting high profile team and then you have the Arizona Diamondbacks. And it's not a it's not to take a shot at them. It's just not a, a particularly compelling team if we're being real about it. Well so, did you see that reporter? They had a news spot at the reporter and the reporters and the, the reporters go to the guy in the grounds of Sinzai Park. He's like, we're here with so and so uh talking to Diamondback fans and the guy's like I've been looking for two hours and I can't find one Diamondbacks fan here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they were doing the um the video of them the watch party in uh, Arizona, I guess. Yeah, it was a steakhouse. Guy Town, you lose five three. It was the most pathetic report. I got to get it to Craig and send it to Craig, and we can just watch the whole thing. It's only like a minute long or whatever, but it's like we're here at Guy Fieri's in Arizona, and they had uh, fans were ready. They had raffle tickets. Like you know, it was this typical reporter who didn't know fuck all about baseball, so she's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm just out here on this assignment or whatever," but. Yeah, I the only Arizona Diamondbacks fans that I know now are the are the Jimmy Eat World drummer, and uh, that's about it. But it was yeah, it's just funny looking at uh, some of the national tweets and whatever. I follow like some of the New York baseball guys and some of the WFAN guys, and like Evan Roberts is tweeting about Alec Bohm's defense and like disgruntled Yankees fans and Mets fans who are like, well, you know watching the the game and saying like i wish this was us yeah alec bone becoming brooks robinson at third base defensively is probably the third most obnoxious thing <laughs> about this phillies run but it's like yeah i mean i guess the phillies are 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 him for lack of a, a yeah they word. are they're clicking on on all yeah. cylinders right now hey who's better nlcs schwarber or june schwarber and it's got to be NLCS Schwarber, right? Yeah. I mean, he's got, uh, what is it, six home runs now and seven NLCS games. Yeah. He just saves him for deeper in the postseason. But, like, you know, one of the things you're talking about with this team, like last year it was kind of like they don't expect to be here. They're underdogs and vibes and all that stuff. Like this year they're like, what's up, motherfucker? Like we're going we're gonna <laughs> to just run over you. There we are. They're, like, uh, they're like the Power Ranger, and they're all just like coming together to make the, the huge lion. They're like, we have vibes. We have really good players that get make $300 million, and our bullpen and pitching is absolutely on fire right now. The numbers are crazy. Like you start to look at them. They've out homered Arizona in the series six to one. They've hit 19 home runs in eight postseason games. Then you're like, oh, cool. I guess maybe the pitching isn't as good. And then you look at that, the team collectively, this isn't just like a Nola Wheeler thing as a team, the entire staff is a one, three, nine ERA in the postseason, a 0.83 whip. Like opponents are hitting 174 against the entire Phillies pitching staff through eight October games. Like it is unbelievable dominance. Like it's almost through or to this point, I should say, almost unprecedented to the degree that they are beating up the opposition. 
Yeah. It's called Sorry the Megazord. The, uh, Power Ranger, the Power Ranger Megazord. Yeah. I got that wrong. Megazord. Megazord. I, I thought it was Voltron. What's Voltron? Is that the uh, I think that was oh, bad, the, the, the bad one? Trans- Transformers, right? Um, like here, like let me just say this. Like, let me just say this. Trey Turner is hitting 500. He's got a 559 on base percentage. His OPS is over 1500. He's like the fifth most interesting person on this team right now. Like what he's doing is absolutely historic. Like it's insane the run that he's on. And people are like, yeah, like he's having a good postseason. Like th- there's just so many ways that they're hitting the opposition right now that, I mean, ha- like the fact that Trey Turner is almost getting overlooked with what he's doing, I think speaks volumes to how well they've played. The the only thing I could be mad about about last night's win was Cassianos didn't have a good game, so he didn't get to see a post game interview between him and John Clark again because those two are just reeling and dealing. <laughs> They're going ten rounds right now. John Clark's looking at himself in the mirror like you will not be embarrassed. You will not be embarrassed by Nick Castellanos today. You're going to come out there with questions, and he's going to actually give you the answers. That's probably my favorite off the field wrinkle right now, besides the fans being absolutely nuts. Just John Clark and Nick Castellanos going toe to toe post game. Also, that Weiner guy. I don't. I know it's a tough job and everything. But, man, I don't know if that guy gets his contract renewed. I don't know what his contract looks like right now, but he's had him a tough one. He calls Bryce Harper old. Bryce looks back at him like, what the hell was that? that was a he had a cringe. terrible performance yesterday yeah. against uh, with, with Kyle Schwarber. Didn't yeah. do that well in the uh, in the NLDS either. Weiner's having a tough go around. Um, is this my Philly fan bias? Or am I kind of feeling like Frenchie, Ron Darling, and uh, I forget the guy who's 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 uh, doing the Brian uh, Anderson. Brian, Brian, Anderson. Brian Anderson. Does it feel like they are doing everything in their in their in their poss- possibility to want this to become a close game? Like usually, I don't care about the announcers, but man, they're like, "Hey, one swing of the bat right here, it's only nine one. One swing of the bat right here, hey, maybe it's nine three. You know, they're back in this game. It just feels like they're like just like harping, harping on the Diamondbacks getting back in it." I think that there's like got to be some part of them from a drama standpoint that would like to see some competition here. It gets tough when it's like, oh, the Phillies are up five nothing in the fifth inning. Up oh, there, yeah, but it's like the fans the are standing, or not like the fans are sitting down or anything. The fans are still in it. Ten nothing, they were still in it. At the end of the day, like you're calling the game and you're supposed to be objective, but you're also selling a product. So you have to try to create a little bit of drama if it doesn't exist. Yeah, you got it. What are you going to talk about otherwise? I mean, it's like. Uh... Like this team is awesome. This Phillies team is really good. You can tune out now. <laughs> yeah, for the fifteenth time, the uh, Phillies are absolutely raking. We'll be yeah. back after a commercial break. <laughs> hey, Craig, if you've got that, you can pull it up. We uh, successfully we, we successfully located the uh, the video of of Diamondbacks fans having electrifying. Uh, watch are, party here. Are we gonna have to watch a thirty second ad for a minute long video? Yeah, no, man. Yeah, here Fox we go. Marissa Starback joining us from the official watch party tonight at Guy Fieri's. Can we go full screen there, Craig? Field. Marissa? Christina, John, I heard Richard and Megan both mentioning it. It was a tough night for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but also it really was a tough night for Arizona Diamondbacks it's so funny fans. to watch this them. This was the official watch party, so this was absolutely right the place to be tonight. Guy Fieri's <laughs> is just outside of Chase Field, so if you couldn't make it, it to Philadelphia, this was a good spot to be, but it was a little <laughs> bit quieter <laughs> than we're used to seeing. <laughs> I would say fans still excited to come out. The word they used was optimistic going into this evening. We saw the mascot here, Baxter out, a lot of people talking, a lot 
lot of people having fun, chit-chatting, <laughs> just excitement in the air. Now, every commercial break, products were raffled off. Oh, raffle. They had a raffle. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's Philly Captain of the D-backs? So people were excited. There's some appetizers really there. Looks like uh, they won D-backs merchandise, bobbleheads, even Philip Thomas skin. and Corbin <laughs> Carroll signed bats. Fans say they are still optimistic, even after what's that a shilling? Is that a shilling or a Randy Johnson or Luis Gonzalez sign ball? Come here to the desert. <laughs> take a listen to this. It's gonna be a tough series. I mean, if, if you know, Philadelphia's good. I mean, they got great offense. They got great pitching. Still has the rally cap on. First five innings, but we rallied back. And I mean, we had some good chances there. Even the ninth inning with their. Yeah, what's that I in mean, the background? Really Is that like a mist? A mist spray coming out of the back of the Yeah, so, I mean, ninety one there. It's so hot that they're misting. The AC will be broken Wednesday. I'll make sure about that. Close the AC vents. No AC for Philadelphia on the Thursday afternoon. You know, heat of the day game. So. <laughs> 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 I guess that is um, knows absolutely nothing about sweat sports, out, right? She's just a general in the desert. Uh, Of course, we'll yeah. be here tomorrow right, night for game yeah. two. The official. Um, we'll send it back to you in the studio. Craig, when you get a chance, pull up the ticket prices to game three for us. When because uh, they're absolutely abysmal. I saw some. You're making Craig before. work today for that two hundred fifty thousand dollars salary that he has. Yeah, he's also got his hood up, so he might be a little bit hungover, or maybe he's just a little tired because he had uh, a from vacation night. from his tenth vacation of the Dude, year. Bobby, you were down there last night, right or no? Yeah, I was down there. Yeah. Dude, how was Carmageddon? Carmageddon. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, I got there at like 4.30. I wanted to beat all that coming in, so no problem. And then I left the stadium last night around 1.05, and there were still lines of cars getting out of there. Now, I was lucky because where I parked, I just have to make a left out Mm -hmm. about 1,000 feet, and I'm on the Walt Whitman Bridge ramp coming back to Jersey. But if I weren't going anywhere but there, it would have been a mess still. And that's, you know, well after the game ended, almost two full hours. It was Absolutely insane. Me and Craig have a video coming out later today. Uh, we were at the Mexico Germany tailgate. We were at the Flyers tailgate and uh, a little bit of the Phillies and whatnot, but it was insane. Um, tickets right now. Thanks, Craig. Going for $12 to get in the door. $12 to get into the door. It might be more cheaper to fly out there and fly back. Let, let me let's talk about this story. Let's break down this story. This is something that we do a lot in this city. We look at our crazy ticket prices because there's great fans here and it's a hot ticket. And then we like to kind of mock the other city yes. because their tickets are $12. What are we what are we accomplishing with this? Is it that we deserve it more yes. than they do? Is it that we need to validate our own fandom here by kind of belittling all like what is yeah. what is our, this story because we do it all the time our cockiness is built in insecurity and i'm okay yeah. admitting that yeah and it's absolutely ridiculous that people have to spend three hundred dollars just to get in the door seven hundred dollars yeah. for two tickets if you want to bring a friend got to pay for parking for twenty dollars and whatnot and you know a lot of people are are priced out and everything and then you look over it at arizona and you're like I can't believe you guys just don't care as much. Is there like, a, is there like a bitterness that we have to, to drop $300 on a decent, a, for a decent seat? Or is it that like, is it just no, embarrassing that she have just, to pay 12? Like what? It's just a display of how passionate Philadelphia fans are. That's all. I think it's less about how much they suck and more about how much we rule or whatever, yeah. you know, like it's, it's like. I think just it validates our existence. And you know what? I lo- I need that. I need validation every single day of my life at how good of a fan I am. I am the best fan, and I'm better than any Arizona Arizona fan that has ever walked on this earth. Well, I, I think we, you know, we, uh, 
you're a big fans of Philly guy, but like the stadium takeover thing, like that's one that we always have to hear about too. Like, I know it's a road game, but oh, this this place is at least 63% Eagles fans today. Like, but they do travel well. There will be like 15,000 fans, I, I feel like, of Philly fans that will be in that. Um, oh, I don't doubt it. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm kind of asking this in like a, like, let's talk about it kind of way, not like yeah. in a, I don't agree with you kind of way. Like, Philly's fans are going to show up there. They will be loud. They'll have a presence. Philly's fans are awesome. I don't know what the the dynamic is with the the Diamondbacks out there. Like Arizona, there's a lot of people that move to Arizona from other states. There's a retirement quality about it. There's a lot of people, young people that go out there for college all around the country. They make it home. Like there's not a lot of like born and bred out there, I don't think. So I think that's a a huge part of this. That's what Grace was saying. Grace was saying that the other day. And we got her her tickets to both game three and game four. Oh, you got her tickets, but I couldn't get standing room tickets to stand out there with a decibel meter last Mm -hmm. night? No, nah, because they cost five hundred dollars more than the tickets out there, huh? Right? Okay. It was easier. It was easier for for me to expense intern Grace for two games in Arizona than it was to get Kyle one ticket for standing room for. Well, she better make twenty four dollars worth of content, okay? She yeah, she better. We gotta get that. Reminds me, I gotta hit her up and tell her what she's expected to do now. You know. But- but um, Bob, you know, take yourself back to 23 year old Bob who had a bunch of uh, student loans. It was still just spending a bunch of money on playoff tickets that he oh, didn't yeah. have. And I, I would love I would kill to see some of the credit card debt that uh, some Phillies fans have. There are some people that are at every single game. And I'm like, how the hell are you there? I mean, the, the there are going to be so many uh, credit card companies calling Phillies fans in the next three to six months, wondering when you're going to pay it off. But anyway, um do you get angry that you're at a ten nothing game last night? If you're uh, if you pay seven hundred dollars for a ticket, no nah, man, it was a party. It, it was a party. And I'll tell you what, one of the biggest parts of that game was really like you get that lead off ground out should have been ground out from Corbin Carroll. Turner boots it, and like I I think that the Phillies even if Diamondbacks take a one nothing lead, like the Phillies go on to win the game. I'm not telling you they would have lost had that inning become something, but like that that crowd is so amped up. They're so fired up. That, like, if you get down early, like, we saw this in the one game against the Braves. People started to sit on their hands a little bit. Like, it was mm-hmm. a little bit, a little edge. They were still good. They were still loud. It's not like everyone just, like, turned. Game, but the game energy one, 5-3, there. the energy when Sir Anthony came in, it sounded like a Morgan there. Philly crowd does get nervous. They do get nervous. Like, you can sense that. I mean, we did that story last year about the Eagles fan who went on TikTok and said he's having trouble enjoying, like, an 8-0 football team. He's so anxious. <laughs> but, like, you know? He, he gets out of that inning, keeps him scoreless. Turner comes up, bottom of the first, boom, one nothing, And it was like, it was on right there. And honestly, like the, the energy from start to finish was awesome. When they broke it open, I guess it was what, the seventh inning, the sixth and seventh, they started to go off. I think they scored four in the sixth and four in the seventh. I mean, like, you don't care that it's eight nothing, 10 nothing. It was a party, man. Like, people are people are really enjoying it. And it's not just like, it's not just young people. It's not like, Oh, you got to be like a a 22 year old frat bro to go out there and really enjoy it. Like you see older fans, men, women, it it doesn't matter. Like everyone out there is just having the time of their life. And that's, what's so cool about it. Like there's people are going through that gate knowing that they, they have a responsibility to bring it Mm. and they're bringing it. And and it, it just really is cool to see. And you know me, like I can be a little bit cranky. I have a little Kevin Kincaid in me where like last postseason, I'm like, I know. Yeah. Like Citizens Bank Park, it's the toughest place to play. Like, but like I've totally bought into it. I've done a yeah. total 180. It's it's real, man. 28 and 11 speaks for itself. The home record during the playoffs, I think, over the last uh, two years. But you think Merrill Kelly regrets his uh, decision making in terms of uh, that quote? 
Well, I do have an unpopular take here. And I know, Kevin, I think you guys threw up a story on this. But like, I don't think if you go back and you actually listen to everything that he said, I don't think what he said was really like that bad. Like, Oh, was was the quote taken out of context? Was it cut too early? No, I'm not going to sit there and say like the quote wasn't taken out of context. Anytime you say what you say, like people are allowed to package that and process it any way they want to. So like that's on him. Like my thing is why even go there? Like yes. I don't think what he said was necessarily wrong. I don't think it was a shot at Phillies fans. I no. just think like no. why even put something out there that could be made into a challenge? Like how dumb can you be? Yes. So yeah, I, that's the point. Yeah. I was the one who wrote it and I that's exactly what I said. I said you give Phillies fans an inch, we will take an absolute mile right now. We are looking for any bulletin board material. The players are looking for any bulletin board material. Was this as bad as Arcea? Hell no. This was not even close to Arcea. What I didn't like was he was talking about the Venezuela game, how loud it was. It probably not even going to be it's probably the CBP's not going to be as loud as it. He didn't even pitch in the Venezuela game. <laughs> so it's like, okay, yeah, it might have been loud, but you didn't have to deal with the pressure of also pitching against those fans, which 50% of the ballpark was probably on your side because it was in Miami. I know Venezuela and the Dominican and all those guys, they travel very well, but like you're still got some 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 fans in there from the US who who are are rooting for you. A hundred percent of Sisenbeck Park was against you and wanted you to die. But if we're being honest, like if like when we look at this five years from now, if the Phillies go on to win the World Series, we're going to talk about RC. We'll talk about that no matter what, because that was just so bad and they made him look so bad. uh, And they were so in the Braves' heads. But this one is one that will be like, yeah. And then Merrill Kelly ran his mouth. And oh, man, we beat the hell out of him. If we're being real, like Merrill Kelly actually pitched pretty well last night, gave up two runs over the first five innings. He gives up the quick homer to Turner and he was unaffected by it. Like he settled down. He pitched pretty well last night. So. Sorry, man. Go ahead and finish with your turn. No, I mean, like, I just think that I don't, I think that the Phillies crowd has had an impact on this series. And I think that very clearly by the end of the game, the Diamondbacks were broken last night. But mm-hmm. I don't think that the Phillies fans got to Merrill Kelly the way that they might have with a guy like McCullers in the World Series last year. Before you Wait, go, hang, Kevin, on, hang on. Let, let me right. stop you there real quick because yeah. I have the quote. I have the actual full quote here if we want the context. So I, I could I could only find like a portion of it because like Major League Baseball is fucking terrible with video and like putting okay, cool. stuff up or whatever. I went on the Diamondbacks website and they had more of it, but I guess somebody was asking him just about like atmospheres in general. He pitched in uh, South Korea, so he says, "quote Go back to the Korean series you were talking about. Obviously, their fans they cheer a little bit differently than we do. Each offensive player that comes up to the plate they have their own fight song. So when it was the championship series, there was about thirty thousand people in Seoul." about 15,000 people would be singing in unison for whatever hitter was up. They don't stop until the next hitter comes up. And then going into the WBC game, yeah, I obviously haven't heard Citizens Bank Park on the field, but I'd be very surprised if it trumped that Venezuela game down in Miami. When Trey Turner hit that grand slam, I don't think I've ever experienced, at least baseball-wise, experienced an atmosphere like that. So I hope this isn't louder than that. Mm. So there's nothing like – he wasn't taking a shot at anybody. It wasn't like nasty. It wasn't. Oh, all feeling- I heard was "fuck you, Philadelphia." You said it earlier, man. They did. There was a there was a challenge that was wrapped into there. Phillies fans saw that thing. It's like, oh, you think we can't be as loud as that? And then they took it and ran with it. So that's, that's it. He wasn't being a dickhead or anything. He wasn't but being a dickhead, he left- but that's still his fault. That's a that's a yes. I don't know if I yeah. if I was getting interviewed right now and I was playing the Philadelphia Phillies, I'd go Drew Rosenhaus next question the whole time. Yeah. 
I hear it's loud. I hear it's loud. I I, I hear it's the best fan base I've ever heard in my life. Like, (laughs) Bobby, going back to your point about Merrill Kelly, he pitched a good game. But in in 20 years, it'll never be Merrill Kelly pitched a good game, just like it won't be Spencer Strider pitched a good game four. It's we got in or game five, whatever it was. We got in Spencer Strider's head in that game, even though what he gave up two, three runs with three. Yeah, to be honest with you, at least with Strider, like they, you know, he kind of did a decent job of preventing runs, but the Phillies sort of let him off the hook in that game. Like they Mm -hmm. had opportunities to knock him out. Strider did not pitch well the second game in in that series. He was good in game one, but in the second game, he was kind of fortunate to survive that the way that he did. Can I make a final point about bulletin board material? I think the misnomer is that bulletin board material is – like negative or it's oh it's always negative bulletin board material can you know quite frankly have nothing to do with you at all you know take the barrett sally thing for in, for instance when he comes out and says well the braves have the best you know atmosphere in baseball and whatever he didn't say a fucking thing about the phillies there's no criticism of the phillies in there but people took it and they were like oh you know you're wrong and we're gonna show you why it was like a challenge it was like bet you know like that that was the same thing there that it was here so I think the lesson that we've learned, I always come back to the same thing. Just don't say anything and don't tweet. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you follow those two rules, you'll be pretty well set in life. You know, we wouldn't be doing a show like this if we didn't talk or tweet. But I think for everybody else, I think don't say anything and don't tweet is pretty good advice. Yeah, we're uh, we're waiting for security guard Gary to come on, who absolutely flattened that uh, that Philly's uh, that Philly's fan. Were you there for that, Bob? I was. We saw that. It was, it was hard to miss that. I did see. I, I want to come that briefly, but I do see a comment down here from uh, EJM. Strider game four was like the same as last night. Three solos, nothing else. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, in terms of them actually scoring, but if you go back and look at that box, yeah, they had seven hits and three walks against him, you know, in, in five-plus innings. Like, they had a lot of opportunities to break that game open, and they didn't, whereas Kelly sort of, like, kept the bases pretty quiet, and it was just the home run. So that's really the difference there. Yeah, he had, yeah, like you said there, I'm reading your comment now. He did have to pitch out a more jam. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I'm saying by that. But, yeah, I mean, it was really just the home runs with Strider. As far as this this uh, thing goes out in right center field last night, I mean, what I noticed was I didn't notice the contact. Like, I didn't see the contact. I saw – my eyes were on Alvarado, who was just going crazy. Like, Alvarado was like, damn, you know, like – he looked like he was ready to like pick the guy up and run into the end zone like they do after a turnover in the NFL and like do some type of like choreographed dance. Like it was it was hardcore that hit, man. Oh, that was that was the greatest thing in the world. And them catching it on the broadcast of just the whole collective stadium going, ooh, and the guys are looking back. Trey Turner shrugging his shoulders. Uh, a couple of guys are laughing and everything. That's a great find. Can you lead me into uh, the explanation of how how we were able to get this guest? Like, I mean, this is this is phenomenal. Well, I'd, I'd love to bring him on if that's okay, if you can stick yeah. around for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, let's bring on security guy Gary. Gary, how are you, buddy? Thanks for having yeah, me. What's happening, gentlemen? Appreciate you coming on. Really last minute. Your buddy Rich got you on and everything, and I, I, I really, really appreciate you. Um, so so Bobby works at the uh, at the state. Well, he doesn't work at the stadium, but he's a, he's a credentialed reporter at the stadium, so he had a great view of you absolutely taking out the Phillies fan. Bob, you had a question for Gary, if you, if, or you had a question for me. How did we find him? Yeah, how, how did we get to this point? This is this is a great get, man. Facebook DM. Facebook uh, DM. Yeah, it's, it all goes down in the DMs yeah. and everything. Yeah. Everybody thinks there's some fancy like booking process or whatever, but it's usually just like, hey, does anybody well, know this person? Yeah, yeah. Craig's our producer. He makes $250,000 a year. Never got a guest on in yeah, his yeah, life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gare, um, 
before we start this interview, can we get your dimensions? I am uh, <clears throat> 6'4", 265. Okay. Can you play linebacker Sunday or safety? I, whatever, whatever you need. I've uh, I've been down on the sidelines with the birds actually for ten years, uh, doing the same thing I did uh, last night. Okay, so you probably know Big Dom, and Big Dom was sitting out behind the home plate yesterday. I thought I didn't know who you were before, but I was hoping he was going to get your information. But how he already knows you? Has he made the call yet? I haven't. Uh, I get my phone's been blowing up, so I don't want to miss Howie. But yeah, nothing yet. Nothing yet. It's funny you said that because the first thing I said, I was sitting next to Anthony Sanfilippo in the press box and we saw it. And I leaned over to him. I said, What the fuck is this guy doing at 820 on Sunday night? <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm ready and available, ready to go. That's awesome. I, like I, I got to ask you, Kyle, I don't want to steal a bunch of your questions or anything, but the yeah. one thing I think everybody kind of wants to know is like, Walk us through what what went down there. Like, did your eyes just light up and say, "Like, here's my opportunity"? Like, were, so, were you like riding high off of the the wind and saying, "Like, oh yeah, like I'm all amped up. I'm gonna go get this guy." So it, it's funny. Last night they have us in the, the first base camera well is where my position was, and we're watching out in the field and just watching the stands, kind of the corner areas where everybody you know with their no netting. And then, um, yeah, all night like the the section behind me was actually getting me a little amped up. They were a uh, little, uh, like, hyping me up every time I would come off the field in between innings. You know, they'd give me some some good banner and everything going on and tell me to rip my sleeves off and, you know, get ready to just, you know, take somebody out. And so they were getting me hyped. And then, uh, obviously, the way the Phillies were playing, I was pumped. And then as soon as the game was over, you know, we, we, we hit the, the foul lines as quick as we can just in case there's a quick jumper. Um, I hit the, the foul lines and I start scanning the field like we're, you know, we, we train to do. And that's when uh, I had the visual of the guy come over from, I think it was like 138 where he came on. And as soon as I caught, caught a view of him, I knew something was uh, something was going on. And then, uh, yeah, I just. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. My, my instincts took over. So, Gary, what happens after this? Do you do you ever, I don't want to say like feel bad that you just laid this guy out. Or does he talk to you being like, hey, man, great hit. Like what happens next after this? Yeah, this this guy here, he um, it just happened so quick. You know, I I hit him and and took him down, and by the time we got him up and started to escort him off, it was still wasn't like processing. He didn't say anything, um, and then Philly PD came in real quick and cuffed him up, and then um, they escorted him off, and I just ran back to my uh, my post and I uh, was waiting for the next one. Wait for your next younger record. guy, older guy, like what? Like what are we talking? About? A younger guy, I think he was uh, probably twenty, early twenties, maybe. Yeah. So do they give you guys, sorry, are, are there, um, did do you, are you allowed to hit them as hard as you want? Or did they tell you to, is this like sacking the quarterback in the NFL where like you can tackle him to be like, don't put your body weight on him. Are there parameters for this? Um, no real parameters for this. Um, in this instance here, you know, we all see how close he was, came to the uh, bullpen guys. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you never know. Yeah. It's probably some, some drunk fan, but you never know. And our job is to make sure that these guys don't get to the fans, whether they have a weapon or not, you know, mm-hmm. knock them over, hurt them. You know, it's just, these guys are worth big money and, you know, it's an asset, you know, uh, to the Phillies. So that's why they call us in. And, uh, you know, we got, we got called in just for the playoffs wild card. And then from here on out. So. Okay. Okay. And, and speaking of them, you know, being assets, you know, you actually, I think saved that guy's life by decapitating him because if he would have hurt Jose Alvarado, I think the <laughs> was, entire 46,000 fans would have engulfed yeah. that man. 
that, that, that was my thing too. When I when I saw it, I'm like, I have to get this guy before he gets to one of these boys. Because these guys have been playing, these guys have been playing lights out and have been solid. So I got to protect them and do my job now to to keep yeah. it going. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys work anywhere that? else? Are you just strictly Citizens Bank Park? You the link, all this stuff? Or are you kind of like contract to hire? You go wherever you want. So our company has uh, the whole sports complex there. Um, I've been over at the link for the Eagles. Uh, I'm on the sidelines with the birds uh, for 10 years now. Um, and then we also do different venues. We do all the music festivals. I was just up in Connecticut doing USA uh, men's soccer versus Germany. Um, they'll send us to like I did the Super Bowl last year. Um, oh, wow. Going back this year. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's kind of like uh, we have a nice core group of uh, guys that are on this group. Um, we were the first Eagles were the first team with a field intrusion team. Um, we trained for this, you know, we, we and so the we've been around for a bit. So are, are your pronouns field intrusion team or security guard? I want to get them right. So I guess technically it was crowd management. Uh, but our, but our, our, our group is we have a designated group that all we do is field intrusion stuff. So it's a field intrusion team fit. So, yeah. I like that. All right. So I, I have a question, you know, everything gets on social media right away. Did yeah. you, did you make that hit and go like, Oh yeah, this is going to be all over the internet. Like, and did your phone start blowing up immediately? Like, yo bro, nice hit, man. Like what, what, what happened in the few minutes and the hours after the game? So yeah, right after the hit, I wasn't even wasn't thinking. I was more like, like let's get this guy off the field before it turns into something else, or more people decide to come on the field. We get him up, and the greatest thing is like I start hearing like MVP chants, like thing, and I'm like, what's good? Like, and it's it's for me. And I'm like, this is crazy right now. And it's just starting to process. And then I ran back to my post, and the whole first base side is cheering. Everybody wanted to take pictures, and I'm like, man, this is this is already crazy. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't get to check my phone until a little bit after uh, once I got off the field there. But, yeah, it was uh, it blown up real quick. And one crazy. thing when I was doing my research on Gary is he's big on Facebook. Like he's got a whole fan group dedicated to him. <laughs> security guy, Gary. And it's just yes. people that take pictures of him. And yeah. like, oh, my God, I ran into Gary at so and so. I ran into Gary here. I ran into Gary there. Like you have yeah. like over a thousand, I think more yeah. than that fans. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's, um, it started about a year ago. Um, like I said, I do a lot of the beach, the beach uh, fest, music festivals, uh, concerts at some of the casinos in Atlantic city, the, the, all the games up in Philly, all the big games. So people get to know me. I'm real personable. You know, it's like, I think I'm a likable, likable guy. And, um, yeah, they started a page and then it just kind of took off. And then when they see me out now, you know, I've run into people at these games that I, I worked, I was working a music festival on the beach and I saw you out there and, you know, and they want to take a picture with me and it just kind of, kind of, took off from there and, and here i am craig um if you have that video you can pull it up i think we got to do like a security um appreciation week at crossing broad for like gary big dom um i don't know if you guys have ever seen this video but um Lionel messi came over to the united states recently and he has a bodyguard who who walks up he yeah. literally walks up and down the field and like he turns and moves with him Oh, yeah, and then, and then as soon as he comes, yeah, and then as soon as it's over, he walks right up to him. Have you ever done? Apparently, he's like a former Navy SEAL and like a mixed martial artist or something. Or something. Have you ever done like an individual job like that, or would you would you want to do something like that? Um, I've actually uh, I've had uh, numerous offers to uh, do bit, like tour security um, with uh, musicians or groups, um, and just trying to weigh out different things in life right now. If that's what I want to, if I want to do, you know, I enjoy my job right now. Um, hey, I'm at every, I'm, you know, every Eagles game. 
you know, here I am in the playoffs, you know, and yeah. I will we'll be at the World Series. So I really can't complain. And uh nah, man. It was like that was like Liam Neeson in Taken, though. He was an individual uh security, right? For the singer, for like the yeah. pop singer. Right, right. Yeah, and then he stopped like the knife wielding attacker or something. Yeah. Hey, so, if the number's right, I'm all about it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So here, here's a question. Uh, if they were to win the World Series, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Are you working security during that parade, or, are they, or should they be putting you on a float at this point? Like you just made a direct contribution. <laughs> that is true. It's it's right now. It's like Liam Castellanos, Ben Mintz, who got the Orlando Arcia comment, and now yeah. security guy Gary. And the best yeah. thing about the playoffs in Philadelphia is there's always characters that show themselves throughout. I'm yeah. glad you're more security guy Gary and less horseshit eating guy. Um, but <laughs> yes. yeah, going back to Bob's question, will you be on the float? Oh man, hey, if there anybody on the list, if we make it there, I will absolutely <laughs> jump on a float and do my thing up there with you guys, and you know. You know, whatever we need. But uh, yeah. I think that I actually really think that the, the, the perfect compliment to what you've done and the way to reward you is to put you as a one on one bodyguard with Garrett Stubbs. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> Stubbs and, and I think that that pays for itself. Yeah. Really. I mean, Gary's six, four, two, fifty. Yeah. How much how many how many uh, Bud Lights can you put in your in your overalls, you think? Probably 10, <laughs> 15, 20. Yeah, some Miller Lights. I'll go with the Miller Lights. But yeah, Miller Lights. hey, that's good. They're actually we're actually we're doing a sponsorship with them. I appreciate that. I have no idea. Um, it's a good synergy there. Yeah. Oh my God, man. So so, what's your what's your background? A uh, police, Marine, service. What what? Are you- yeah. So I'm a, a Marine Corps veteran. Um, once I got out of the Marine Corps, I got into law enforcement. Um, SWAT guy, 13 years, and then I retired five years ago, and then um. Yeah, like I said, I've been doing this job 10 years over at the link. And then once I retired, I've jumped into more uh, more jobs with the company. So I've been a little more active doing this. So Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we we um, I don't know how much you know about us and everything, but I do some man on the street videos sometimes. And sometimes they can get a little testy and everything. You know, people grabbing cameras, people going after their Craig, the cameraman, people coming after me who might not be fans of us and everything. It happened last year at the NFC Championship game for the Eagles. Are you for hire? I got you guys. Whenever you guys need, as long as I'm not, uh, as long as I'm available. I'll okay. Be, uh, yep. All right. Hey, they win the World Series. We'll be out there on broad. Yeah. I might need you. All right. Yeah, I just want you to know, Gary, that he's going to follow up. Like he's probably not going to leave you alone now. He will make this <laughs> now, as weird as possible. You might need to get protection from Kyle. I have my, my own. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, Gary, I'm six four two, but I'm the complete other way. I'm six four two ten, so I'm not an imposing figure. <laughs> nah, that's all right. Yep. Hey, I'm just a big cuddly teddy bear until you, uh, you know, you poke the bear, and then we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the wrong field here. I'm six foot one, but only one seventy five, so I'm like the smallest, smallest one of the group here. No, I would have, I would have loved to do all that. The only security job I would not want to do is the security guys at the metal heavy metal concert because it's just crowd surfers who just keep coming to the front of the thing, and so you just keep lifting them over the barricade. And then five minutes later, the same crowd surfer comes back over. Then you lift them over the barricade. The security guy five minutes into the show. And they're never the cleanest people. And, you know, and no, no, not a lot of, uh, I, I wear deodorant, but not all of my heavy metal, uh, compatriots are, are good on the, uh, the, uh, personal hygiene side of things, I guess. So that's a tough, I would give hazard pay to the, to the people (laughs) at like union, union transfer and and all Mm -hmm. that. Gary, I'll, I'll leave you with this one. We can get you out of here because I'm sure, you know, you got to go watch film or something. Um, (laughs) are you happy? 
Are you happy that the streaking has kind of gone from more the 80s and 90s of no clothes to now that these guys are really fully close? So you're not ta- you're not tackling any naked guys. Uh, like absolutely, I don't I don't believe I would have reacted as quick or as fast <laughs> or as hard as I did yeah. if this guy yeah. would have been all oiled up and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been more of a shove, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not a full not put a full trip, Yeah, put the trip out. Yep. I think the uh, soccer games overseas when they have like a me- like an environmental message or something, you know, yeah, like yeah. a like a naked woman right with like something written on yeah. her. Get, Gary should be on the jumbotron. Like, watch out for batted balls. But if you run on the field, watch out for six four two fifty Gary on the first baseline <laughs> coming for your ass. I love well, that. Everybody's talking. They're, they're waiting. To, waiting to see what happens Sunday when uh, when I hit hit the field to see if they're going to put up anything uh, on oh, the uh, jumbotron. Hey, Gary, we really appreciate you coming out, uh, coming on the show, and, and and making time for us. You know, really fast. I mean, look at you, man, Preston and Steve. Now us, I mean, you're going to be on today's show by the time, you know, it hits 4 o'clock today. Yeah, he'll be sitting next to Donna Kelsey in the box. <laughs> you protecting Taylor Swift, I'm sure. Uh, I already did that one. I already did that one. Hey, I like that. Did you roll, were you part of the one that rolled around the guitar case? I was I was up uh, I was up at the stage at the quarter of the uh the stage there with right. there for, three, for what, three days, right? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good on Taylor Swift. I'm no more. Okay. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. Check that one off the bucket list. Well, thank you, man. We really appreciate you coming on. Good luck. No, with thanks you, for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, go Phils, go birds. Go Phils, baby. Go Phils, go birds. Right. Love it. Oh, man. It's never been a better time to be a security guy in Philadelphia, right? I mean, look at Big Dom DeSandro's popularity. He was there last night hanging yeah. out with Edelman and Howard Eskin. Damn. What, yeah. what was that picture? Yeah. What was yeah, that? Yeah, that was interesting. An interesting did did Edelman get Eskin the front row seats, or you think he weaseled his way in there through uh, WIP uh, uh, Phillies contact? No, he was of- wearing his press pass. He was wearing his credential. He yeah. probably didn't we actually down. talked to Howard last night. It was like the second inning. He wanted to. Uh, he was getting ready to kind of leave <laughs> as, as <laughs> yeah, listen, so it's it's actually funny like we talked about this on crossed up the other day uh anthony and i did like a five minute thing on howard and we don't hate howard the way that you do kevin like howard for me right like i had my son back on opening day the yeah. home opener he came up to me and was like hey man like i saw on twitter that you had a, a baby like that's awesome congrats like that's all I needed, right? I'm like, that's, oh, that's so you're right. you're the, you're oh. him with Ben Simmons, and oh, I'm sorry, yeah. you're right? okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, he goes, this, you know, we're talking, and he's like, this traffic's a, a fucking joke, you know. Like, and he's like, this is a disgrace, and then he goes, all right, I'm gonna go walk around and see some people, and I guess this is who he happened to go see, which yeah. is really interesting. Hey, I don't, I don't have anything against Howard personally. Like, if his his dog died, I would express my condolences the way he did for Ben Simmons. I just think he's a professional joke and a professional fraud. So that's just where we differ there but yes it was it was interesting to me to see that photo it was uh don yes. sandra david edelman howard eskin and michael uh Schulson is the he owns a bunch of restaurants around here i'm sure they were talking about um the 76th place i'm sure they're talking about the arena i'm sure edelman probably said to him hey look at this clusterfuck of traffic down here like what do you think about our proposal now you know and yeah. howard probably howard probably said no oh, it's great look at all the all the fans down here but yes i would have liked to eavesdrop on that uh on that conversation here's the question though i should have asked a uh, security guy who was just on do you think big dom is like in security mode even when he's off off the clock like do you think he's constantly scanning looking for looking for people he's to always on yeah. 
Nah, even Superman had to take some days off. Yeah, we got to get big. Dom. We have to be the first media outlet to get Big Dom on. I, we have to crack the. He media. really likes us. I just don't think he would ever come on. You know, Pat, he, doesn't do, he just doesn't do media for obvious yeah. reasons. You know, did you, you listen to? Uh, did you listen to Gary on WMMR today? Was that? Did you listen to him on? Press I listened to him on uh, Preston Steve. Yep. Okay, so like, did you know that we were going to get a good interview there? Because like, I I did not hear it. And so when he came on, I'm like, well, this could go one of five different ways. He was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was, he was good. He was strong. He was strong. So that, I mean, I didn't care whether the interview was on or not. I just knew it was a good guest. So I was like, yeah, you know, we got a good one. We get a bad one. You know, we'll throw him some softballs. We'll get him out of here in five minutes. Pagan can, Pagan can interview anybody though. We had the kid from Pottstown with the mullet on here and we yeah, executed awesome. a pretty, yeah, we executed a pretty clean one there. I mean, yeah, we make like Pagan, Pagan will make it work with it. Pagan can disarm anybody. You know, I'm sure you're probably kicking it with the Mexico fans. Well, that. Were you wearing Gary like can disarm hoodie? anyone? I can just ask stupid fucking questions that people enjoy. Well, that's what disarming me. I know that was the yeah. joke. Thanks for stepping oh, on. All right, okay. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that I, that would have looked like an interesting uh, Dude, conversation to be part of. The know? Mexican fans are so much fun. They are awesome. It's basically like an Eagles tailgate, but with like rhythm. Like everyone's dancing, they're all in the uh, they're all in the circles, you know, going nuts. The DJs, you think like we blast music at Eagles tailgates? That is on like 11, 12, 13. You can't even hear yourself think. They set they they take over, you know, like um, it was a lot of K lot, so they take over like two parking spots. They've got tacos, they've got tamales, they've got. Me and Craig went by this back of a pickup truck had an entire produce stand out of it. There were mangoes, there were corn, there was like everything we're like they had here's probably a, like two bushels of mangoes i'm like what the hell is that here's a bit of trivia for you they've done studies and they've determined that the most supported soccer team in the united states is the mexican national team hmm. and they hmm. travel fucking everywhere they fill it up in houston yeah. they fill it up in california they fill it up here and i think they had sixty-two thousand for that game last night they were they were really worried a lot of them were like mm -mm, ochoa out you know mexico stinks germany's gonna yeah. beat us and they ended up tying germany mexico um but i know some people were pissed off about it because they were like well this fucking soccer game you know like doesn't have to happen or whatever but yeah. i i you know they do those because like they i mean the link and the eagles have always been big on hosting international games there and they make a shit ton of money for for them and for the city and everything so it wasn't like because i heard people say like well couldn't they have like to, like moved it to a different day or moved it to, to um chester or something like that but they have fifa has these international windows where you can only play at a certain at a certain time so then they the guys have to be released to go back to play for their club teams so it's not like they could have just moved it to thursday and, or something you know and let's not forget 2026 we're having the world cup here it's philadelphia is one of the landing spots like this was an easy promotion for that and everything by the um, way i do want to say real quick we i did the union um media game last week and jim Curtin said in the locker room like on the record that the one of the semifinals is going to be in philadelphia sick yeah i don't know if he was like a hundred percent sure of it but like apparently from what he's hearing it sounds like the it sounds like lincoln financial field would be all right, we're gonna one of the semifinals, and then it might be Dallas for the final. So cool. We're gonna clip this and get Jim Curtin in trouble, whether he's right or whether he's wrong. But we're gonna do it for the, we're gonna do it for the I clip. asked him, like, are we on the record? Are we off the record? He was like, No, everything goes here, but he sounded pretty sure like it was gonna be Philly would be one of the yeah. I, I got one more for you guys. I um I'd be interested in this. 
and, and, and get your, uh, your thought process on this. Thursday soccer game, Friday Temple football, Sunday Eagles. I know people wanted to bitch about the scheduling and everything, and you already laid it out. You know, they only have a certain amount of time to get these friendlies in. Who's playing, who's playing Thursday? It's a good thing. Rip that field up. I, I guess it's good for to slow the Dolphins down, right? Rip it up. Like, we get it's going to be a dead field. Like that old Notre where, Dame, like the yeah, grass. Where's, boy, where's our boy from the Super Bowl? Maybe he can chime in and, and lend a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Tahoma yeah. 31 in that. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's from Scranton, so he can just, you know, trot his ass on down after he gets his third uh, Super Bowl ring. They need to get game. Andy Reid and Bill Belichick here. They got to pull up a shitty corner of the field and be like, well. But I'm just thinking about, like, that, what's what's the thought process of that? Even before there was an NLCS game, like, you're you're putting three different teams on a, on a field in a, in a matter of, Five days, like I, I, even the Eagles grounds crews kind of be like, man, we can't handle all this shit. I know Temple, Temple regularly plays. Temple regularly plays on Saturdays, so ahead of when the Eagles are on Sunday, right? Yeah, but it just or feels not. like you know soccer. Now you're adding soccer on top of that. It just I don't know. It just doesn't feel like you know. It feels like they definitely someone messed up, and it could have been the international FIFA, and it could have been the Eagles or or whoever owned whoever runs the link and everything. Soccer doesn't show a lot of it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There's not a. I mean, they have the best caretakers in the world for for that you know i mean if they played like a friggin like international rugby tournament there that'd be you know i'd be one thing but um it does seem like a lot yeah i don't know it, it but i you know it's apropos too is i think i noted this in the story i did about that photo it was like comcast is trying to sell everybody right now in the sports complex because they want the sixers to stay down there and partner with them and all that shit isn't it apropos that the flyers season opener has to get moved up an hour clusterfuck at the sports comp. I mean, and this is very rare. I mean, this never happens where you have all that stuff going on at the same time. But still, like if I was a Sixers, I would package that and I would use that in my argument for the arena and be like, well, do you want to go to this clusterfuck or do you want to take the train from Doylestown and just walk into the stadium? You know what I mean? Like that's they should they should weaponize that if they can. And it's funny because all the parking garages they were towing people to use to then get on SEPTA were all parking garages they're going to use for the new Sixers arena and people are like well there's no parking around here that we can get into blah 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 oh yeah you're saying last night they were telling people to come down and put in Mm -hmm. those garages and get on the broad street yeah Yeah, i know i just i don't i don't i've said this before on the show but like i don't to me the sports complex is 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 it unique yes it's unique all the teams are down there is it special no it's not special it's a fucking concrete jungle so like i think that we've all come to accept that like you're going to a game you're just gonna sit in your car and that's what you do you know but like what when are we gonna ever ask ourselves like uh, why are we okay with this? Like, can't we have something better? I mean, we talk about how passionate of fans we well, are and how we buy all these tickets and shit, but we're just okay with sitting in traffic for two hours. Like that's just become part of the experience now. I think Bobby has a good c- converse point. I think he's not technically anti arena, but I know you've talked about probably not, you know, you probably wouldn't drive down to a Sixers or Fires game. I think if it was in the center city Sixers game, I, yeah, guess. I mean, like it's, it's, it's more or less like for me, what is the accessibility going to be? Like, I know that I can get from where I'm at in South Jersey. Like I can get down there in 15 minutes. Now, you know, you're not catering to the people specifically in South Jersey, but like if it's in center city and I got to sit through center city traffic, getting there, like I'm not taking public transportation. I'm not taking public transit to the game. Like I'm, I'm driving over the bridge. I'm, I, I don't know. I just, I, I like it. Like, I like where it's at. I like that everything's in the same place, but I also, you make a good point. Like, could we do better than this? Yeah, maybe we could. Like, why do we accept the drawbacks of the current layout? But 
you know, selfishly, like I can get from my door in West Deptford, New Jersey to Citizens Bank Park in 16 minutes. Like, yeah, so I don't really want to see a change. I guess it's my, my thing has just always been a bigger level philosophical thing. It's like I think whenever somebody suggests something in Philadelphia, the first thing you hear is like 10 reasons why you can't do it. It's like this knee jerk. No. And I'm like, well. I mean, okay, look at what they're doing in all these other fucking countries. Like they got like trains that go everywhere in two seconds, you know, and I'm still piling in my truck to go mm -hmm. down like 76 and figure out the best way to get back door down to the shore. You know, whether or not, whether you agree with the arena or not, or whether you like the sports complex or not, it's more of like our, our thinking as a region and as a city, it's like, why can't, why shouldn't we have good things too? Why shouldn't we have different, why shouldn't we try to improve you know what we can do versus like well i had to sit in five fucking hours of traffic well maybe if we do something different you don't have to you know all right i'm done thank you uh Bobby, <laughs> anyway the Phillies are uh two wins away from the world series so uh yeah, yeah that, was good. that was good though that was a, that was a great time to talk about it because yesterday was nuts i mean it was that insane was, me and me me and craig saw a cop have to legit like like punch a couple cars because they were turning when they were supposed to go like straight it was uh it was a shit show down there um the Bobby, human element too there are lots of dickhead drivers you know yes. do you have any uh, game three uh thoughts real quick before we wrap this up i don't know if they're gonna win or lose i'm not gonna sit here and make predictions but they certainly have the pitching advantage ranger suarez seven postseason appearances five starts as a one one five era in the playoffs career oh nerdy uh, to me bob yeah, talk nerdy to you. I mean, they're facing a 25-year-old rookie that had a 5.72 ERA this season. He's not very good. They they should they should beat him up. So, yeah. any thoughts on the? Because uh, we won't. You know, this is the last show for the week. Any thoughts on uh, Kelly Green and the Eagles and uh, the Dolphins coming into town on Sunday? Uh, it'd be very appropriate for the city to bitch and moan about bringing back Kelly Green for 25 years and then watching the Eagles go out and lose by three touchdowns on Sunday night. <laughs> saying we can't wear this anymore. I fear for that because I'm excited for the Kelly Green, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Got to play well. I, you know, I know a lot of people think that that game on Sunday against the Jets will wake them up. I guess we're going to find out. I, I don't mm -hmm. know how they're going to run with those Dolphins receivers, but we'll see. Julio Jones gets you all hot and bothered. <laughs> Can he play safety? <laughs> <laughs> is will the last thing last memory we have of quez watkins being him not hitting the hole against the, the los angeles Rams? yeah i can't do quez watkins anymore i have a friend of mine who's like real dialed in on like all the all 22 stuff and he's like listen quez watkins is not a guy that you want with the ball in his hands but he makes that offense better like he can stretch he does give you that vertical speed threat it's like when you take him off the field, there you go. You yeah. take him off the field, everything bogs down, things aren't as open underneath, all that. And I hear it, but I'm all good on Quez Watkins. I'm Kev's good. dog, not a fan of Quez Watkins either. That's yeah, not uh, like Quez Watkins. That's not nah, like Quez the Watkins. dog saw a fox or some shit out back. <laughs> I woke up this morning, I saw a fox chasing a squirrel out the mm. backyard, and then the dog freaked the fuck out. I hadn't he even been awake for um, – it wasn't resolved. They just kind of disappeared into the woods. Hey, listen, I got to go, but I do want to call out Ford. I see his comment here. He says, Wankel talks nerdy and shows the chest hair. Pegan loves it. I I got to tell you, Ford, I thought about your comment last time I was on, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't like, I don't want to shave my chest hair. I'm 30, 38 years old. I've got kids. I'm tired. Like, I don't need to land, like, manscape the chest. So I, I did say today, though, I was like, you know, I'm going to wear a normal T-shirt. I'm not going to make Ford stare at the V-neck, you know? Because, like, yeah, I mean, I got this rolling in here. And it's oh, still, 
it's still peeking through. It's still poking through. Like, I know, man. I'll, I'm going to go turtleneck <laughs> next time. I'm going to wear turtleneck next time I'm on Crossing Broadcast. Oh, the fact that you take time out of your day to switch shirts and make sure you're wearing the right like, shirt. Wanna, Ford, a man you've never met who we don't I, know if he's like 30 years old. Or he's Ford seven Ford years Ford. old, but he is so far in your head that you spent you spent precious seconds, Bob. Bob, you're getting up there in age. You don't have these seconds as much anymore <laughs> to be spending on thinking about Ford and and uh, and and what shirt you should be wearing. I'll tell you what. All right, so T buds here, go full Castiano. So if when they get to the World Series and I'm back on, what I'll do is after every game, let's do a show, and I'll do an um, I'll unbutton one at a time for every win. Right? Uh, if they win the World Series, I'll come on Crossing Broadcast shirtless. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, Ford See, that's that's, Ford, that, I think no, Ford, Ford goes easier on Bob than than Russ mm-hmm. and Anthony. I, when Anthony oh, comes on, on, there's Bob. a bunch of Paisan comments in the thing, and then uh, Rush just gets obliterated by Ford. Yeah. So I think Ford <laughs> likes it. Up. Yeah. it up. Russ gets obliterated <laughs> on digital platforms, social media. He just he just finds a constant stream of obliteration uh, in the comments. Hey, and um, the people did want to know a couple minutes ago if there was a Twitter update on your There's account. not a Twitter update. And you know what? I'm not even really pushing for it to be back on Twitter. I'm really enjoying my time off of Twitter. Now, I'm not really on off of Twitter because I'm on um on the crossing broad Twitter as well, but I've really, you know, taken a liking to Instagram, TikTok. I'm spending more time over there than I am on Twitter. If Elon wants to unsuspend me, I'd love it because I've worked hard to grow that account. Um, go be it. If not, we'll just, uh, we'll make another one. We'll fucking grow that too. All right. So. Well, listen, I mean, we're trying to free. We're, well, I'll try to jailbreak you. I don't know anybody at X, but I'm yeah, sure we can figure it here out. Here go. One thing. If anyone like who listens to this, like, a shot in the dark that you know someone that knows somebody that knows somebody that works at Twitter X whatever I'll call I'll call it X okay I'll call it X if I can get my account back. Well, I think um, Bruno kind of circumvented it a little bit because he didn't get his personal account back, but now they have like a Bruno Nation account, so we can just make Tony a Bruno a little different from why we got suspended. Well, well, right, but we could make a generic, a very generic like Kyle Pagan Nation or something like a, like a. <laughs> Like not your individual, like a generic, and we can kind of fudge the rules a little bit, and maybe get you back on that. Oh, did did Blooper lose the battle but win the war? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Okay. All right, I'm out of here. Thanks, guys. All right, Talk buddy. Soon. Thanks, guys. Um, all right. Hey, listen. Thank you to everybody who uh, who tuned in today. Thank you to um, Gary, the security guy. Thank you to Bob Wankel for coming on. Uh, we will talk to you next week. I think. The, I think. I think the Eagles win. And by next week, we'll, we'll know the uh, the World Series matchup. So have a great day. Thank you to everybody. We will talk to you.